Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Talking BizTech. I'm your host, Satif, and today we are going to explore digital banking and commercial finance. But before we do that, I just want to request all of you to make sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell for more podcasts like this. And I want to thank uh, two startups, two tech startups. One is All Innovative Solution for making this happen. Another is Revelio, which is a tech, uh, tech startup from Silicon Valley in California, Los Angeles. And uh, uh, they are a tech startup who helps entrepreneur entrepreneurs with media and software solutions. And back to the topic. So what is, a, what is digital banking? According to Forbes magazine, digital banking combines mobile and online banking under one umbrella. So you can access your everyday banking features using your computer and mobile phones. It is empowering cashless transaction at a wide swath of stores. Digital banking isn't the future. It is happening right now. More and more people are banking digitally and uh, because of the pandemic. And um, this, uh, this can be a problem as well uh, in some developing countries. Uh, the reason is uh, people have to uh, force themselves to go to the bank physically in developing countries because of the hackers and the scammers. So digital banks, uh, banking is not possible in developing countries. They're already, um, since they're, uh, they're still affected by, by the pandemic. Online banking uh, and ban mobile banking allows you to access uh, your banking features. I mean, you are, you're not only uh, checking your balance and paying your bills, but you're also applying, you can also apply for the banking, uh, for the bank loan and order checks. Um, see, modern technology is accelerating the, accelerating the innovation and, and also changing the financial uh, industry. So my guest for today is Elizabeth Cannon, who is an expert on commercial finance uh, she's also an entrepreneur and she has her own podcast. So let me just go ahead and bring her on talking this day. Elizabeth, thank you so Hi. much. For Hi. How's it going, Keith? Super excited to be here. Oh, well, you're very welcome. It's going, it's going all right. Uh, how, how are you? Doing pretty good. Can't complain. It's just another beautiful day in sunny San Diego. Oh, wow. Uh, that that's great. It's uh same same thing here in Waterloo, Ontario. It's uh it's uh well it was it was uh, it was a thunder there was a thunderstorm and now all of a sudden there's a it's all sunny all of a sudden so <laughs> complicated weather right yeah um, sunshine after the rain <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Elizabeth man before we get it dive into digital banking and uh, commercial finance I just want to get to know you a little better. So can you uh, can you tell me about your um, educational background? 
Yeah, so um, my educational background is kind of all over the place. <laughs> um, so I first, uh, when I first uh, decided I was going to go to school, um, well, first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to go to FDIM. It's a fashion design institute in Los Angeles. But my parents said, um, you know, maybe that's not the best plan. Maybe you should get a four-year degree. So I went to Arizona State University, which is in um, Arizona, United States. And so I kind of wandered around there. I really had no plan, didn't know what I wanted to do for a living or anything like that. Um, so when I finally figured it out, I decided I was going to try to get into the business school. But um, unfortunately, due to my shenanigans, my freshman year of college, <laughs> that didn't happen. So I ended up getting a degree in communication. So um, I'm essentially an expert at uh, researching and writing papers. If anyone needs a paper written, just hit me up, let me know. <laughs> and then um, after kind of bouncing around in the corporate world for a little bit, um, actually, I, I was in commercial finance when I um, was kind of having a little bit of, I guess, maybe a midlife crisis. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I decided I was going to look into becoming a marriage and family therapist. So um, I found a school called Toro University Worldwide, and I took their marriage and family therapy program, got my master's degree in that, but uh, realized quickly um, that I'm not cut out to be a therapist. So I have a degree in that, but um, I, I'm not a therapist, so that's, uh, and then, yeah, I got a couple of certifications and stuff, you know, and, and various things along the way, yeah, uh, yeah, master's degree in, in family therapy that I don't really use, except for talking to clients and stuff like that, I guess. That's impressive that uh, you, uh, you did your undergrad in communication, is that correct? Yeah. And then, and then, uh, Tara, you, um, you uh, wanted to be a therapist, and then you also pursued other certification. Now, I wanna I wanna know something. How did you get into the path of entrepreneurship? So, um, entrepreneurship is kind of something that was a long time coming for me. Um, I was that I was that little girl you'd see on the corner, um, you know, of the neighborhood with the lemonade stand. Um, you know, like asking my, my parents for help to set up the little counter and make signs and stuff like that. Um, I did that. And then let me see, um, a friend of mine wanted to go to space camp. So we actually found a fundraiser that we could go door to door selling, um, you know, things like that. I helped her earn money for that. And then, um, you know, you probably have never heard of this, but there used to be back in the 90s when I was growing up a series of books called The Babysitter's Club. And it was basically a group of girls who would, uh, I think there was like five or six of them and they were all babysitters and, you know, had had all these kids that they, they watched. So it kind of inspired me. So me and two of my friends decided to form a babysitter's club um, in a neighborhood of about 500 houses. So um, my friend, it was, kind of when computers were just coming into the household, they weren't common, not everybody had them. And we had the printer with like the holes and you'd had to like rip the paper off the sides. So we printed out as many flyers as um, as we possibly could um, and put it in the mailbox. You know, it's uh, Heather, Elizabeth and Emily, we can babysit for your kids, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we even made a guarantee that if one of us can't, we'll find someone who can, which for three girls in a 500 house neighborhood full of a bunch of families was wow. 
a little bit ambitious. It kind of, you know, shot us in the foot a couple times, but we did. We we uh, we babysat all three of us every single weekend. We had plenty of business, so that's kind of where I got started. Then, um, you know, I ended up going, you know, to college. I went the corporate route, and uh, you know, I had a couple of business ideas along the way. I remember um, in the early 2000s, I had a business idea. I can't really remember what it what it was, but I went to, um, it was like a small business association type office where I was living in, in Phoenix, Arizona at the time. And uh, they kind of talked me out of it. They said my idea was redundant. So I kind of gave up. And um, then actually back in 2015, I had an idea for an app and then life got too busy for that. Uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I, I always have these ideas that pop in. So um, but this time when I when I actually um, went to it, um, you know, the, the story is basically I, I just like I kind of mentioned earlier, um, I, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to even do. I was kind of like coming to a crossroads in, in commercial finance and it, it, it turned out I just I wasn't happy with um, with the circumstance. It's not that I don't love the industry. I just didn't love the circumstances that I was in. So I found myself working for a, a broker out here in San Diego and he was just not pleasant to work for, I guess. Let's, let's just put it like that. And so I did something I've never done in all my life. I, I literally quit without notice. Um, I did make sure I wrapped up all right. my files and everything because I knew it would be passed on to someone else. But I basically on a Friday, I, uh, you know, got my paycheck. And I, uh, I I sent him an email on Sunday. I'm like, that's it. I, I've had it. Like, I'd, I'd rather do gig work. I'd rather do anything than work for this abusive person one more day. So um, I was actually, I had a trip planned to Las Vegas with my husband. And we were sitting in our hotel room, um, drinking champagne, just kind of like talking about life. And he's like, why don't you go on your own? I was like, I don't know if I can, like, I don't know, you know, but, um, working for that broker taught me that I, I didn't actually, I didn't have to be a bank to work for myself in commercial finance. So, sure. um, that's kind of how Zana financial services got started. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I learned the ropes from someone and, you know, no matter what I think about him now, he had his important place in my life. And, um, so basically I was forced. I guess it's the long and short of it. It was kind of like, just kind of like that kick in the pants that I needed to uh, go ahead and go on my own. Yeah. The, like these are very depressing when you're like, when you're doing a job and when you're like harassed or uh, if your boss is abusive, right. But yeah. you know what? Uh, it, things went well with you because you're, and especially your husband was very supportive, supportive. Yeah. And matter of fact, my, my next question actually uh, to you is, can you tell me about your your uh, own business? Uh, so it's called Xena uh, Financial Services. Yes. And what services do you provide to the entrepreneurs? Um, I just want to show a banner to my uh, uh, awesome. audience. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, um, so we are a licensed commercial finance brokerage based out of Chula Vista, California. And uh, so our main focus is equipment finance and equipment finance is, is basically any equipment that a business needs to generate revenue or save money or maybe, you know, automation. Um, in addition, we also provide uh, capital in, in the form of um, term loans and lines of credit. So um, we offer a couple other financial vehicles as well, but the, the main ones is, is um, equipment finance, term loans, and lines of credit. 
Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. And and also, um, I want to know, like, like when did you start? Uh, when did you start this uh, venture? Um, so I actually started it in. Well, the registration date was um, April of 2018. So it's been a little over three years, and it's amazing how time has flown. I. Yeah, after that first year, it felt like forever. But every subsequent year after that has gone faster and faster. Wow, wow, that's yeah. Time, time flies, right? Yes. Uh, and also, uh, uh, Elizabeth, one one thing I want to know, like, what communication tool are you using to meet your clients? Um, like, are you are you? I mean, pan pandemic is pretty. Uh, I mean, pandemic slowed down in uh, in. United States of America and Canada. So I just want to know: Are you meeting them in person? And uh, and well, and also, um, actually, I'll I'll ask the second part later. But I just want to know how what communication tool are you using right now? Well, um, truthfully, I've never had to meet clients in person, and unless of course I wanted to. I, I mean, there's there's always something to be said about meeting someone face to face and a handshake and a smile and you know, sharing a meal or a beverage or something like that. Um, but but truthfully, I, I I don't do a lot of business in California. Um, not not that there's not business to be had, but it just so happens that the the markets that we kind of fell into, it wasn't strategic at all. <laughs> but the markets okay. that we fell into that that were growing um, were were in different parts of the United States. So, um, but the tools that we use. Um, as I, I think most people can say, you know, video chat, uh, such as Zoom or, um, you know, uh, what is it, Google Meet or whatever. Um, and then yes. social media has been huge. Um, you know, I've met a lot of people on LinkedIn. Um, we do outreaches on there. And then, of course, across the various social media, we have Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, of course, Twitter. And most recently, I've kind of dabbled in Clubhouse a little bit. I, I um haven't really done too much on there. I, I was, um, you know, doing a, a weekly um, room on there for a while, but then of course the summer came and, you know, had vacation plans and, and all this. So that's kind of put a hold on that, but I did enjoy that as well. I've, I've met a lot of people on clubhouse as well. So, um, and then of course there's the good old fashioned phone. <laughs> so those are really, I would say the main tools that we've been using and there's probably some I'm forgetting, but those are the ones that come to mind right now. Wow, that that's that's impressive, and you know, uh, uh, Elizabeth, there are a lot of videos where uh, people say taxes are evil. I mean, and then there are also videos that says uh, that are saying that uh, taxes are good for people. So, so I think individuals can be financially smart if they if they know how to save money from their taxes. So I know Zena Financial Service. And you yourself helped that. Uh, can you just tell me how how do you go about doing that? So um, we have um, well here in the United States, um, yeah. there are tax benefits to um, number one being uh, you know a business. They they get tax benefits that individuals don't necessarily get. Um, but also um, the the nature of the the type of loans that we offer. So um, if you if you Go to my website, zenafinancial.com. There's actually a tools tab, and it has, uh, I think it's section 179 
um, calculator. So what that does is like, say you are uh, looking to finance equipment for, um, let's say $50,000, right? And so you put that amount in there and uh, some other information that you might have about that. And it'll actually spit out what your true payment is after all your tax savings. And it shows what your tax savings are. So section 179, um, you know, I, don't know if this translates to your, your international audience, but here in the United States, it's basically an IRS, our Internal Revenue Service tax code, um, that allows businesses to save up to a certain dollar amount. Um, I think this year it might be $1 million. Uh, don't quote me on that, though. It changes every year. Um, yeah, but does. Yeah, you, you get a, a certain tax benefit for mm -hmm. um, purchasing or, or even financing equipment. And then the other um, tax savings is when you're in a true business loan, um, and I, I'm not a certified planner or anything like that. I'm not a tax pro, but this is just general information, okay? Yes. <laughs> but um, there That's are fun. certain, <laughs> yeah, I always have to give that that preface because people will jump all over me like, you're giving tax advice, but no, no, I'm not. No, I'm just giving <laughs> general information. Um, there, you know, you can write off certain aspects of the loan, such as the interest and, and other things like that. But check with your tax professional before you enter into a loan like that. Oh, makes sense. Uh, makes sense. It's, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, uh, on, so my message to the audience, uh, Elizabeth is not a tax advisor. So however, uh, however, if you uh, go to xenafinancialservice.com, uh, right? Is that, is that correct? Is that yes. the website? Yes. And then financial.com uh, and then you will get more uh, in details about the taxes and how you can save money from taxes and then um, Elizabeth uh, one thing I wanted to uh, share with you is that uh, there are a lot of tech startups nowadays um, and uh, I mean uh, Silicon Valley is producing a lot and then uh, there are other states uh, from this um, uh, from United States of America that, that are producing as well. There's, their Waterloo is pretty big as well from Canada and also uh, Toronto and then uh, other other cities as well. Uh, so there's so much competition between these tech startups and uh, banks uh, cannot actually, um, cannot handle these uh, tech startups, right? So uh, a lot of them have to uh, partner uh, with tech startups, like there's uh, the largest bank in Canada, Royal Bank of Canada. Uh, they they partner with uh, a tech startup called Night Owls uh, Entity Matcher uh, for fraud detection, and then there's HSBC Bank, uh, which is uh, which is partnered with two uh, tech startups for money uh, for anti money laundering, and you know there there are a lot of AI cases. Uh, in banking, such as the location intelligence, then there's uh, churn prediction, there's service robots, there's a uh, call center um, matching, and then there's a uh, uh, conversational AI, such as the chatbot, right? So I have a question for you. Um, tell me about, um, uh, actually, how how is AI technology and machine learning changing the financial uh, industries? Wow, um, I, I would say it it is a lot, and it and it has been for a while. So um, one of the first, uh, actually, when I was at Arizona State University, my first corporate job 
Um, so you're, you're talking like 20 years ago. Um, you know, we, we had uh, software that, um, that would detect, you know, um, anti-laundering. Uh, we had something called check kiting. Um, and from what I understand, it was something that helped fund 9-11. And so what that would do is it, it would kind of just recognize like transactions as they came. So like one of our things was like, um, let's say you get approved for like a, a credit card with like a $500 limit and you, you know, the card is activated. And the next thing you know, we're getting in a bunch of checks for like a hundred dollars, 200, all the way up to a thousand. So, um, you know, they've artificially inflated their credit limit to say $20,000, right? Cause all these checks are just posting one after the next. And then they go out, they pull cash out, and then and then of course all the checks bounce, and you know then that <laughs> you know so you you've got approved for five hundred dollars now you've taken a company for twenty thousand or whatever you know that number is so um, you know we had systems that would look for certain things certain certain merchants and vendors where they would you know take cash even if it was uh, an authentic transaction like some guy just looking to buy groceries in this place, you know, uh, we would immediately, it, it would, it would flag the account, we'd have to investigate it, it would look for multiple payments in a row, it would look for um, even dollar amounts. So I mean, this, this technology has been going on for a very long time. But even um, to bring it up to present, um, you know, I've, I've had deals decline because someone had a criminal record. And that's not something I could ever know by looking, you know, pulling your credit um, or, or looking at any of your financial documents. It just kind of like it, it goes into this huge whatever catch-all database <laughs> and, and it finds things about people that, that you know, might not be obvious just from like, you know, a, a human standpoint. Um, there are, I, I've had deals declined because they were a bankruptcy risk, even though from where I was sitting, everything looked great you know i mean healthy bank statements healthy tax returns great mm -hmm. credit score on the on the applicant's half time in business like 10 plus years time in business and uh thinking how is this company going to go bankrupt they're doing great like <laughs> and then sure enough I, I find out like two years later they they did um so it's really incredible what what technology can you know uh calculate and discover and it's kind of like I think it's kind of like, you know, like Amazon Alexa. I don't know if you have one. I have two in my house and she's always listening. <laughs> but it's kind of, um, you know, like the AI gets smarter as you keep working. That's true. Yes. You know, so I, I think that that's huge. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that like there, there's always going to be a human element when it comes to, you know, banking and finance and all that. I mean, you, you simply have to. But um, it's the AI has gotten really good at at you know, finding things that might not be apparent to the human eye. And I don't even know what it all looks at, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I was just surprised. Sometimes I get feedback from these underwriters and I'm like, what are you crazy? Like, this is a great deal. Like approve it. And they're like, nope. And I'm like, what am I not seeing here? And sometimes I find out, sometimes I don't. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. I and mean, that's the beauty of uh, technology. And because of technology, uh, because of the advancement of technology, there's so many digital banking uh, digital banks right now, uh, such as Atom Banks or Sterling Banks or or even um, uh, Tide Banks, right? Where where um, you can have like an account. We can have a, a single card can have like multiple accounts underneath them, and then Sterling Bank will help you with uh, 
sending invoice pretty quick, real-time notification. And then uh, these uh, digital banks will help you with your uh, with your saving goals and your spending insights. Now, I have a quick question for you. Can you tell me about the digital banking industry in North America right now? Um, so I, I would say most of our banks um, have jumped on the, the digital banking um, you know, bandwagon, so to speak. Um, it's, it's very rare where I come across a client, maybe they're in a very rural area um, where I, I'm like, you know, I'm going to need to see your bank statements, you know, send me PDF copies from your online account. And they're like, no, I'm going to have to go in there and have it faxed. <laughs> like, okay, so I, I would say most institutions do have, um, you know, they have an app. Um, at the very least, you should be able to get on there, access your, your account, um, be able to deposit checks, um, be able to initiate some kind of quick pay, uh, you know, whether it's through the actual bank or through Zelle or Venmo or whatever. Um, you know, be able to download your statements if you want to look at your PDF copy of statements. So I would say most most financial institutions have jumped on board with that. And then I've also noticed and, and you know, I, I never even until talking to you today um, considered that it might be due to the, the pandemic, but it, it kind of makes sense that it would be. I've seen a lot of um, a lot of apps, um, you know, kind of jump on the the like savings account or debit card bandwagon. Um, some examples, and I don't know if you have these in Canada, but we have uh, we have a, a company called Credit Karma. Um, it's an app you can download. It kind of keeps you on top of your credit report. You know, gives you notifications. They recently have have come out with a savings account. They offer a higher, um, I think it's like APY or something like that to, wow. you know, if you want to, you know, and then um, another app, it's an investing app, like like a retirement investing app that I have called Acorns. They offer a debit card. So it, it seems like as the need for digital banking expands, you know, these companies are going to expand with that market and, and jump in on it because as we well know, it's a very That's lucrative. True. Very lucrative market, so why not get a piece of the pie if they can, right? So, um, but yeah, I, I would say it's it's the wave of the future. It's not going anywhere, and it's probably just going to continue to expand. Oh yes, yes. In the future, it'll definitely expand. And digital banking, like I said uh, in the beginning of this podcast, that digital banking isn't the future. It's happening right now. Yeah. And also, um, the credit karma. Yeah, I I see. Um, I see the commercial a lot, so we do have uh, Credit Karma in Canada, and also there's uh, two other apps that I want to mention uh, to you. One is the Bunk app. Um, let me just uh, I made a banner, so it's a Bunk app, and another one is the Monzo app. So the Bunk app fights. Uh, it's designed to uh, fight the climate change, and it encourages you to spend money. So the more money you spend. Uh, in the bank, the company uses that money to plant trees. Uh, so, the bunk, <laughs> so the more money you spend, the more trees are planted. So that's the that's the goal of um, Bunk app. And there's another one which is called the Monzo app, where you have the control of over your cash. So if you have a bill, you can split that, and then you can um, you can actually save money from it. So this is how uh, Monzo app is useful to people. But um, I, I want to hear your thoughts on uh, what 
apps would you recommend to uh, the viewers? Hmm. Um, so like I mentioned before, I, I have Credit Karma and Acorns. Um, as far as recommending an app, I don't know that I have a specific recommendation, but I yeah. would say whatever institutions you do business with that, you know, you exchange money with, um, whether it's a bank account or a commercial finance contract, I think it's useful to have their, their app on hand just so you can always kind of stay on top of things, stay on, on top of your finances, um, stay on top of your credit. Um, if it's, you know, commercial finance, um, stay on top of your contract because sometimes, I mean, e even with all the automation, mistakes happen and there's charges that you might not understand. And something that happens in commercial finance and in, in, in equipment finance, and not every institution does it, but some do, they have um, something that's called an evergreen clause. So you might think you're coming up on the end of your contract, but they might have some sneaky verbiage in there that you didn't read when you signed the contract, especially now with everything being digitally signed. We're all just kind of like looking for the next place to like put our signature and we don't like read it like when we had like a, a paper contract, right? That's true. Never read those anyways. <laughs> but sometimes they have a sneaky little clause that will evergreen them for longer than what the contract uh, should go. So sometimes it's three months, sometimes it's six months, sometimes it's even a full year. So you think you're done paying for this equipment and that your payment should stop. And if you don't uh, submit your letter of intent, meaning, okay, I'm going to go ahead and keep this equipment. I don't want to upgrade it or renew. I, you know, just want to keep it as is. You have to submit a letter of intent to that uh, commercial finance company that basically said, okay, we're done here. Because if you don't, they'll just keep charging you. And so you're basically paying for nothing. It's it's just pure profit for the finance company. So I, I would just say, I mean, because, you know, we, we go on our computers. We're not always logged on to these things. But just, you know, keep the app on your phone so you can get notifications. Because they will. They'll send you push notifications. You know, you're coming up on, you have three months left till end of term or whatever. So while I don't really have any specific recommendations, I would just say it's never a bad idea to keep the app with you of, of the companies that you do business with that have a hand in your money. Oh, makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, thank you so much uh, for sharing that, uh, for sharing that advice. Uh, I think this is uh, very helpful to uh, the viewers watching. Also, um, Elizabeth, you have, you have, uh, you have your own podcast and I just want to know, um, like, uh, how is it structured and like, what is, what is the name of the podcast? And uh, also, can you tell me, uh, tell me about it? Uh, like, what is the podcast about? Yeah. So it, it's actually interesting. You mentioned this. It's, we're, we're kind of doing a makeover right now, but um, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the initial premise was, um, you know, entrepreneurship for women. Um, but, you know, uh, and my, my, my co-host, Irina Jarova, she, um, you know, she and I discussed recently that, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're leaving out by leaving, by leaving men out of the conversation We're we're leaving out, you know, a lot of people that would have some great input. So we, we kind of veered away from that. Um, you know, the structure was we would come up with a topic related to running a business and then we would come up with three questions and both, um, you know, answer the questions, but we're kind of revising it right now. So, so now we're called self-made CEOs. And it's because we, we are like, we're both completely self-funded. We, you know, no one gave us like 
uh, alone our parents or no one never gave us anything to, to start anything but um it's it's basically we're we're gonna try to trim trim it down a little bit and and still explore these same topics but really come up with ways to actually help and answer the question um so um yeah, it's, it's it's a work in progress. That I'm sure you can appreciate <laughs> having a podcast yourself. You know, it's kind of trial and error. So we have five episodes up live now. Um, those will probably be the last that you see in in that format that we have now. Um, we're we're getting ready to change it and and pare it down a little bit and actually answer the question, be a little bit more precise, and then perhaps we'll leave the the chatty Kathy part and maybe. Um, put that on some like audio only type of platform. So it's, it's a, it's a work in progress and, and it's, it's been fun. It's been exciting and like nothing I've ever done before. I've never like been on camera ever. So <laughs> it's definitely an eye opening experience. Uh, so it's, it's called self-made CEO. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I just uh, shared this banner and I just want to request all my uh, all my viewers to make sure to tune into self-made CEOs and it, is it structured every week, right? Or, or every or week, every, yeah. every, every week. week. Yeah. Once once per week, we normally try to upload the beginning of the week. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm already a fan of your podcast because I just love how you and Irina answer uh, the questions, and uh, and it's very. Uh, I mean, the content uh, is very valuable, and I can also learn a lot from it. And uh, so we are near the end. Uh, Ma'am, so I have one final question to you, and I ask this to all my guests. Uh, what is, um, what advice do you have for the people who are struggling financially uh, in this pandemic, especially um, people who are struggling in the uh, developing countries? What advice would you give them? Yeah, it's. You know, and my my heart does go out to all those who are are struggling, and I know there's there's quite a few. Um, and my advice, you know, hopefully, I mean, take this with a grain of salt. I, I know it's not gonna apply to everyone, but if you possibly can, maintain your credit, even if that just means making your minimum payment. Um, you know, tr try to stay current on on your bills because what it it just it puts you in a hole. You know where it, it limits your it limits your other options. You know, so you you might be able to get by on your credit card till you you get your next position or whatever. But just if you can keep making those payments, um, don't if you can don't get involved in any predatory lending. Um, that would be I don't I don't know if you have it in Canada, but here in the United States we have like payday loans. Um, they're they're a cycle that. Are very very hard to get out of um, auto title loans um, in the commercial space. They're uh, you know merchant cash advance. Um, I, I would just say only use those tools if it mm -hmm. is a bridge to money or revenue. Like don't use those to stay afloat if you possibly can. Just use it as a bridge to more revenue. But if you if you can manage to do those things, it's going to be so much better for you on the end in terms of interest rates, late payments. You know, if you get your utilities cut off, I mean, right there, it costs, what, $350 to get your lights turned back on. And that's after you've paid the past due. So if you can, I, I, I hope this advice doesn't come across as insensitive or, or anything like that. But do what you can to try to keep your, your credit good and don't don't do the predatory lending. 
Oh, well, thank ma'am. Thank you so much for, for that advice, for your knowledge, insight. And uh, I would love to have you on Talking BizTech again. Um, yeah, would love to collaborate with you down the road. And I uh, I just want to wish you and uh, Xena Financial Service. Uh, what does LLC stand for again? It's a limited liability company, company. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to wish you and your uh, uh, your venture and your uh, podcast uh, like best of luck to uh, you and um, have a wonderful day, ma'am. Thank you so much. And likewise, I look forward to doing this again with you very soon. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you again. And we'll, we'll uh, talk uh, soon. Bye. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. Bye. Well, folks, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Do not forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell. Um, there's a charitable organization called uh, Food Bank who is helping the hungry people in Ontario. So if you want to donate to uh, Food Bank, uh, the link is in the description box. And uh, I want to thank Revelio uh, and if you um, for helping me with this podcast. Uh, if you want to purchase their membership, the link is also down in the description box. So again, um, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful day.